Hello and welcome to today's episode where I am speaking to Mandy Dante. So Mandy found that with the massive rise in depression, anxiety and eating disorders that were becoming quite prevalent amongst teenage girls, that she found herself shifting her passion and focus towards giving teenage girls a voice and creating the not-for-profit Cool Flourish Girl. So Mandy's also an ex-speech pathologist, a TEDx speaker, and an Australian-accredited facilitator. So in today's conversation, we delve deep into the incredible work that Flourish Girl provides to young girls, and also how we can empower and educate the younger generations to love and honor their own bodies, as well as particularly the importance of educating a safe space for girls to feel comfortable and to speak up and ask for help. Today was a really good conversation, and it really highlighted to me the importance of breaking down the blueprint that can come with generational patterns of disordered eating and how we can set an example to the younger women in our lives and how we can also create a space of vulnerability where people can feel comfortable and talking about how they're feeling around their bodies and their food. So sit back, relax, enjoy, and I will speak to you all very soon. about this conversation are and you? yeah Aww. I have no idea what we're going to talk about we're oh, just gonna okay. just dive straight in just and I'm, I love that I love these kind of podcasts where you just let's just get into it well yeah right because I don't want to send someone a script so people are going to see that yeah. and then we're going to miss out on so many juicy amazing things yeah 100% so I think first to start off obviously who is Mandy Dante um just give me a little bit of a background on you i always find this really interesting because i learn new things even though we're close friends i learn new things about people as well i'm like yeah oh, i didn't know that about them. yeah yeah so yeah uh, about you. it's so interesting i remember like i was on a podcast a few weeks ago and it's with one of my girlfriends she's like who is mandy dante and i was like that's a big question um but I guess for me, so who I am at my core is I'm a young woman that is on this path of really figuring out what my God-given purpose is in life and really just continuing to learn to fully let go, surrender and trust all of the obstacles, the the triumphs and everything along the journey. Um, and, you know, for me, the people around me are so important. So my husband is my absolute cheerleader from the beginning. Some amazing friends, including yourself, that really support me and um, my family. That's always just been there for me since the beginning. And, um, yeah, and I guess who I am as well is right now I, I'm, I've got an assignment, which is like, you know, really looking to create safe spaces for young girls to really – I guess really have permission to just be themselves and really have the confidence just to be themselves, use their voice and really step up to tables of influence. And that's what um, we do through Flourish Girl. Um, yeah, so that's a little bit about me and who I am. Who you are. And when I met you and you told me what you did, I was like, I wish there was a you when I was at school. <laughs> 
Like I thought we all needed a you to help us at whatever age we were at school. And I just think it's so amazing and it's so exciting. But it'd be good to understand like how you created that flourish girl. Like what's the story around that piece? Yeah, gosh, such a good question. (laughs) It's so funny as well, like the amount of women who have like obviously finished school and they hear what, you know, I do at Flourish Girl. And so many times people are like, I wish there was a Flourish Girl when I was when I was younger. And it's just so interesting because I'm like, wow, I actually need to get present to that too. And actually remember, because it's more than just high school, it's actually the long-term impact of when we're our age and we're like 10 plus years out of school. Um, so that's just a side note. But in terms of how I started Flourish Girl or why I started it, is that how? So first it'd be good to understand, yeah, why you started it. Yeah, cool. What's your story around that? Yeah, so... Um, just in case people don't know, so Flourish Girl is a non-for-profit organization that delivers programs for teenage girls between 13 to 18 to really build their self-awareness, self-confidence and social connectedness in their communities. So what that actually looks like is we have a team of facilitators that are incredible um, and they go into schools to really create a safe space for girls to know that it's okay to share what's what's underneath the surface because so often in high school you're just wanting to survive and you stay at like a surface layer you only show one part of you yeah isn't that crazy yes exactly why do we do do that yeah well it's an interesting one because i mean the trends that we notice in, in as a teenage girl is stuff that we still deal with as young women today and i think I think for teenage girls specifically is that they're wired for connection and they're wired for a sense of belonging. And especially in those really pivotal years where, you know, they're really figuring out their identity, their independence. And I think their friends are really their lifeline. You know, they really depend and rely on them more than actually family because that's part of their independence. They're breaking away from who they have been and who they've grown up to be around. And I think anything that is going to jeopardize or put at risk their friendships, it's it's a big deal. So what ends up happening, and I can speak from my experience, is I ended up bottling up so much because I wanted to make sure that I was liked by everyone. I wanted to be known as the happy, friendly girl that got along with everyone. But what people didn't see was the stuff I left behind, like underneath the surface. So really what I love in our programs, it's it's uprooting, like what are those things we're not saying about ourselves out into the existence? And what are we saying? Like, what are we holding back on? And I think... Um, You know, and it comes back to my why is because I think, again, in high school, I felt like, yeah, I bottled up a lot because I wanted to survive high school. I wanted to be liked by everyone. I wanted to please my parents. I wanted to do well at school. And I think no one was really having conversations and showing vulnerability and showing times when they were stressed. And I think the things that I noticed was, you know, girls... um, I remember one time in my, I think it was my maths class and I would overhear a conversation with some friends that were like eating an apple a day to like yeah. re, like completely dramatically lose weight. And and I remember like around year eight, year nine, it was like a weird, it wasn't a, it was kind of like a trend, but not even the word trend, but so many girls were coming to school with bandages on the, on the wrist as a result of self-harming. And I think I didn't, as a young teenage girl, I didn't quite understand that, but I think only when I left high school and I reflected back on those years, I was like, wait, that's not, that is actually a problem. Like we, I mean, schools and the school systems, I mean, there's so much, like there's such a long way to go, right? And that's <laughs> yeah. a whole conversation, but they really are starting to open up spaces mm-hmm. for well-being. They're noticing the importance of it. And I think just back when I was younger, it wasn't available. So I think it was more looking at, okay, instead of just talking about, eating disorders and talking about self-harm and talking about anxiety and depression how do we actually get this before 
um, how do we go beneath the surface? Like actually, what are the triggers? What are the things that are causing these bigger conversations? Because it's triggering, it's heavy. Like the language around that is already really big. And I think it's actually starting by creating a safe, safe space for girls to be like, oh, it's actually okay to have a day where you don't feel great. Or, and it's actually okay to talk about it. And it's actually okay to ask for help. And I think um, I wish I had those tools and the ability to have those conversations when I was younger. Um, yeah, so that's kind of the why um, why I started Flourish Girl. Wow. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I think <laughs> just reflecting on my school life as well, mm. I mean, England and Australia sounds quite similar, but yeah. it was so similar. It yeah. was so normal for girls to mm. not be eating. And mm. so we'd have teachers that would sit with us mm. and watch us eat and check in that we were eating. Yeah. And it would just be like, you'd go for lunch and there'd be about four teachers with you watching you. Wow. And it would be like, we're 14, 15 women that are in charge of what we put in our bodies. But yes. like, hang on a minute, what's going on underneath? Yeah. Like, why are we just proactive? Why are we being so reactive to it? Yes, exactly. Yeah. It's so true. It's funny. Like, that's so interesting that happened to you at high school. I know we had the whole lunchbox check thing what? back when I was probably in primary school like it was it wasn't in the high school I went to but yeah when I was super super young like I was probably in year one or two but we didn't that's so interesting that they got mm. you to check mm. your lunchboxes is well, that yeah is that because like there was a lot of eating disorders yeah. and that was like just a band-aid solution or so it was an all-girls school at the time yeah. and um it was really remote in the countryside and I'd come from London so it was like a big town obviously where I'd come from like a mixed school yeah. and it was do whatever you want yeah. and then was sent to this all-girls school to improve my behavior yeah. um, <laughs> um which didn't improve <laughs> I love that. But yeah, that would be their coping mechanism if they would yeah. notice or your parents would say like, you know, Lucy or someone else isn't eating right, they'd come and sit with you. Wow. Yeah. That's but so that would be right. it. Yeah. And like, it's crazy because I get the place that parents in the school would have been coming from, but of it's course. actually still, that makes girls feel even more unsafe to mm. have those conversations like it actually makes and this is the bit that I really love about what we do in our workshops is that we actually embody full trust in the girls like we have so much love and respect and trust for the girls to really show up the way they want to and it's just interesting because in that situation like I can imagine so many teenagers just feeling really trapped in that mm -hmm. like it's it's just there's no safe space to even have a conversation around why they may not be eating in the first place. Yeah. You know, it's, that's crazy. But it would also alienate you as well. Yes. Because you'd have teachers watching you, but you'd want to catch up with your girlfriends at lunch. Yeah. But you'd see these different teachers sat around watching. Wow. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. About that. Wow. Yeah. But that's amazing that you're creating that safe space. Because yeah. I think from a, my perspective, I would have loved to chat with a girlfriend about it when I was 14 years mm. old. I mean, like, hey, I'm feeling like this, but mm. I didn't. Yeah. Did you? Yeah, no, Through definitely. Yeah, definitely not. I think, I think for me, and like one of the situations and something I do talk about quite openly is like, I remember swimming was a compulsory subject oh, for us in yeah. high school. And like, again, I went to an all girls private school. Mm. Um, I'm very, very grateful. It was an amazing school. But I think anytime I pull out my timetable and I'd see swimming as like my next subject, I remember feeling like sick in my stomach and I remember feeling nervous. And I don't think I had the language that, yeah, I might've actually been anxious about getting into a swimsuit and 
going into the swimming pool. I mean, it's another whole thing, swimming and coming from a Sri Lankan background, like, you know, that is not what you do. So, um, so like, I mean, it's just, I learned to swim because of school. Like, I don't think I would have done it any other way because that's not something that's in our culture. But apart from that, I think it was more getting to a swimsuit because I didn't like the size of my legs. I was very insecure about my body. And, um, I think, I would always use the period excuse and I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. I got my period again. Wow. This is every week. Every week. And I just remember like no one, like no one was talking about them feeling a bit insecure about their body. So I think I always felt, oh, maybe I'm the only one that's going through this. And I think in hindsight, and this is what we see in our programs is by the end of our program, girls like, wow, I thought I was the only one going through this. I feel so much more connected. But I think just because those safe spaces weren't had with the girls in my year level, myself, I think we just kind of bottled it up and just dealt with it and moved along. And it's so interesting because I bumped into one uh, a girl that was in my year level at um, the supermarket uh, in Bondi. And she obviously has seen the work that I've been doing with Flourish Girl. And she ended up sharing with me like she um, – and she was a very high achiever in high school and that's how I knew her. And she said, yeah, I was actually struggling a lot with my mental health. I, you know, I was bisexual and – I, I didn't have a space to talk about it. And it's so crazy amount of girls from my year level that are now opening up to me because oh. of what Flourish Girl represents. And it's it's so fascinating because, you know, I'm sure there's so many women that look back in their high school years and wonder if, oh, I wonder if Sally, the popular girl, ever dealt with something. Mm. And I guarantee Sally was going through a lot, but <laughs> no one has a safe space. So, um, yeah, it's it's crazy gosh and you almost wonder what those girls or those women are doing now yeah to reflect and hopefully work on those pieces as well because one thing i'm aware of is that you can pass it down to generations yeah so have you noticed now like a pattern or particular behavior within the schools of girls once they've left the program Mm, yeah i think definitely for us and something that we've been working a lot on is doing more follow-up sessions so our goal at flourish girl is to be able to work with every year level from year 70 12 that's our goal Mm. um but you've got to start somewhere so we have different levels of programs so we have our level one program which is all around really helping girls to really learn to connect with themselves um, and start to plant the seed of how to connect with others and then level two is all around okay how do we connect with others even deeper so really building healthy relationships whether that's with girls whether that's with the other gender but that's something we work on and then that's fun yeah yeah and then level three (laughs) would um is more around how can they really step up and be a leader within their community so um what we've noticed in terms of like immediate impact is um you know we get dms from girls instagram dms just saying how much more yeah just how much more lighter they feel they feel like they've never felt so connected to their peers before and just things that they've held back on for so long they feel like they can actually be themselves and you know there's always things that we want to work on like we understand not all schools can do follow-up sessions so we're really really wanting to put in place what can we do to have more touch points with girls and that's something that we're really working on but we're definitely noticing um just the seeds that have been planted for the girls and what's possible um and just another story i remember um ran a program i think it was with some year nine girls and um i was in that session and one girl she opened up at the end she's like wow i never realized how anxious i was until like i had this safe space to talk about it and then six months later i um, we came back and we did a follow-up session and she came up to me at the end of the follow-up session and she's like oh i don't know if you remember me but um i just want to say thank you because after 
we had a conversation after the program, I actually went away and I spoke to my mom and I'm now getting like professional help and I just want to say thank you. And then it was wild because that evening we were doing like a parent evening session and this mom came up to me and I was like, and she tapped me on the shoulder. She's like, oh, are you Mandy? And I'm like, oh my God. Like the first thing I think I'm like, what the hell have I done? (laughs) I'm going to get told off. Yeah, I'm like, I'm going to get told off. I'm like, I'm like, yeah. And she's like, oh, I'm the um the girls the girl that came up to me before she's like oh i'm her mom and she just started crying she actually had no words she just wanted to say thank you and she just started crying and then she i just gave her a hug and then she just walked away and i think sometimes like it was an amazing opportunity because we had that follow-up but i just know that there's lasting impacts and we get you know messages from parents as well instagram dms and just saying thank you for holding a space for my girl because sometimes it can be really difficult for parents to have those conversations so we just see the ripple effect of like what happens at school and like what happens with parents and and what happens with the girls themselves so it's yeah it's really powerful wow and so how do you go about the parent programs that's a real different situation in itself yeah yeah habits and stuff there oh for sure and look this is like our thing is we just start the conversations and something we're starting to do more of and we've just been so um at capacity with our school program. So we haven't done a lot of parent stuff, but we're wanting to do more. Um, we've done like mother-daughter programs before. Oh my gosh. Yeah. What's that been like? It's been really powerful, like really, really good. So um, the first one we piloted was probably back in early 2019. Um, and it was really cool because I think girls and mums, like they both deserve a space to be able to share what's going on. So, you know, we start off all together and, you know, we get mums to share, you know, what was life like for them when they were younger? Because the thing with mums of teenage girls, it's learning to let go of their daughter, but also just being a wise, like elder for them and a wise mentor for them. Um, and actually for girls, it's actually feeling like they're, they can show their mom that they're ready to step up and they need to like really trust them and know that I'm actually becoming a young adult now. So the whole process is helping moms to, I guess like the beginning is really helping them to realize and really think about what was life like for them when they were their daughter's age. And I think getting them to think about those questions, what was your life like when you're with, what was your relationship like with your mother? Cause that stuff really helps moms to take off their parent hat and get into like oh, this is what my daughter might be experiencing. So it's really powerful. Like I'd love to run more. We've just like haven't had the chance yet, but um, it's powerful because, you know, daughters also just want to hear like how their mom's proud of them yeah. and why. And like that's something we do towards the end, like an honoring where mm-hmm. the mom, because we literally got the daughter and the mom to like literally sit opposite each other and one would honor the other the other one, um, vice versa. So the mum would order the daughter, the daughter would honor the mum. And it's so powerful because you just see, every time you see a girl getting honored, it's like like a light, Just it's just a Christmas tree that lights up. It's, oh my gosh, yeah. isn't that the best way to describe it? Yeah, it's seriously <laughs> the best, oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's really cool. Do you find there's ever a bit of like resistance or hesitation in that process? Because that's the first time probably a lot of those women and daughters have done that. Yeah, for sure, 100%. Yeah. And this, and that's part of like what I love about our programs. It's in the art of our facilitation. So like we really set up that space and frame it up to be like, look, this may be a little bit uncomfortable because it's probably something we don't do all the time. And 
just be okay to fully receive. And I think that's something we really strong, we hold quite strongly in our school programs. It's like, you know, you may be tempted to giggle. You may be tempted to make a little joke or say, oh, but you're awesome too. But your challenge is to actually fully receive the love and to be fully seen and honored for that. And I think, um, yeah, it's challenging. Like, you know, sometimes I still struggle with it but I'm really on a journey of fully receiving that now and I think it's so powerful when when women can just hold that and yeah. know that yeah I think we're programmed not to receive yeah yeah for it's sure ingrained yes yeah. I feel like every girlfriend I talk to they're the same they're like I need to receive more I need to receive more yeah. but how do you receive how do you receive it's yeah an obvious question yeah in that situation. yeah I think and it's, it, hard. It, it's hard it's hard and especially it's it, it will just take time it's like with anything I think it's just learning and this is where my like thing that I so believe in is learning to facilitate yourself so it's like okay why am I really resistant to this right now and then you being able to process that and be like oh it's because like I feel like I'm not worthy of this or whatever the root is and it's being able to speak truth into that and being like hey actually I can receive this honoring because I'm worthy of being in the spotlight. I'm worthy of um, owning, like just owning this and actually being recognized for who I am and be okay with the parts of you that are going to be like, oh, but do you deserve it? You know? <laughs> are you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure, girl? <laughs> yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. So, yeah. Far out. Yeah. That's really good advice. Thanks. So- <laughs> I've got to fully receive that. <laughs> Can you just receive that for two seconds? <laughs> One, two. <laughs> <laughs> Done. <laughs> so have you noticed any kind of patterns with the girls that you've worked with mm. since you've started Flourish Girl? Because you've mm. kind of been involved with Flourish Girl since social media has like boomed. And yeah. for someone that was really, you know, cautious of my body and what my body looked like and my relationship with food, mm. I cannot imagine growing up with social media now. Yeah. Like what have i just don't even know how i'd manage that like have you noticed there's been a positive or maybe even like a negative impact Mm. that you've seen and then how you sort of working and addressing that as well yeah so good yeah such a good question (laughs) i'm just gonna receive that yeah yeah so good such a good question yes (laughs) (laughs) we're just receiving for the rest of the podcast i'm gonna receive this (laughs) um yeah such a good question i think definitely i mean it's so interesting because i think 100% social media can be really um, addictive and it it can be toxic. It can be really like you get caught up in the vortex and I'm still on my journey with social media. Um, But it's really interesting because there's also like the pro side of social media is that young girls are so freaking smart. They are so switched on. Like the things that they say in workshops, I'm just like gobsmacked. I'm like, have you got an example? Oh, just like, I think it's just, it's a general trend. I mean, I can't really pinpoint a thing, but what I've noticed in all the conversations is, you know, girls are just saying, yeah, but like, you know, who, like, we know that Instagram is a highlight reel. We know that it's not all real. We know that, you know, for them to have that awareness and they're very switched on like that. Like, and you know, it's like, I'm not going to post a photo of me like crying and being like, like, and you know, that's totally fine if if you want to do that. But the natural instinct is like, they know it's not real. And I think, Mm -hmm. but there's also the other side where, you know, it's so part of their lives now. Like, it's not just at, it's at school, it's at home, it follows you home. It's, it's again, coming back to, um, girls wanting to find their independence. They want to feel loved by their friends and all their friends are on social media. So obviously they're going to be on social media. So I think, um, but it's funny too, because there's girls that just don't want to use social media. So like we just get such a spectrum of girls. And I think, um, 
yeah, it's interesting because social media can be such a great platform to really be able to follow amazing people and amazing um, profiles that have amazing messages. But then there's also the influencers or the ones that are, you know, really pretty and, you know, they don't have um, a resonance or a deeper message. And I think it's important that and I think times are changing and especially with like, um, you know, influencers or people that I know through Bella Management is like, I can really tell this heart now in the industry and things are starting to shift um, and that people have bigger messages rather than just what they look like. And I think that's really great. And I think, um, yeah, and I think that stuff comes up in our programs when we talk about, we have a, po- a, a middle part in our program where we give space for girls to share, like, you know, we're in a, a culture of judgment, but more specifically, we want to start with you. Like, what are some of the things you say to yourselves when you screw up or you make a mistake? Like, what are some of those inner critical voices? And we get girls to write it down. Like, what are some of those things? And time and time again, we get themes of um, girls talking about their appearance. So like, I'm fat, I'm ugly, like lose weight, all these things around, like what they say. It's like, why do you say that? You're so dumb. Why, like, why are you even in this, comp- like, you know, just really harsh things. But I think what I find in those conversations is that that's their access to power. That's actually their access to being like, oh, I can, it's okay to have those voices because it actually creates more connection. Girls realize they're not alone in their struggles. They realize that they, everyone is at the same level because especially in high school when there's hierarchy and there's all those different things at play, it just kind of dismantles the hierarchy and you're just like, wow, we're all human beings. We all feel feel these pressures. and we can choose how we want to show up. And um, the, the bit to tie back to social media, um, we also have a part where we, uh, it's called the girl jail. So what we do is our facilitators, girl the girl jail. So what the girls, um, our facilitators do so beautifully is they create a safe space to be like, hey, like what is, now we've focused a lot on judgment on ourselves. Let's like just take this a little bit out. Like let's step out a little bit. Like what is society's expectations of being a woman? And time and time again, one of the first things is like, appearance oh it's yeah. like slim thick you got to be you got to be skinny but not too skinny you got to be curvy but not too curvy and then it's just like it's really nice for them to be able to share all these things and like just get it all out and then we do a piece where um before we unpack the girl jail and how it makes you feel we actually get them thinking about hey like who's the woman that you aspire to be like confident strong respectful and it's like okay cool so like notice the like the discrepancy like mm-hmm. all of these traits yet this is what society makes you feel and you feel girls say i feel disempowered i feel helpless i feel frustrated i feel like um i feel like there's no point like why do we try mm-hmm. and then what we get girls to realize is hey we can choose and we and we call it a jail because we feel trapped in it but we can actually like you know break free from this j- girl jail that's out there in society and we can actually be and choose to be the woman we aspire to be so um so if anything i feel like we're using what society has put on us as uh, their access to power so um yeah that's really cool isn't that crazy at like such a young age they're so aware of that oh it's wild and and it's crazy just they get so passionate about it like Mm -hmm. and no matter where because a lot of our programs in victoria right now like no matter where geographically there's always something to say and it's a lot of the same stuff it's like themes around yeah body image there's themes around being submissive in a heterosexual relationship being heterosexual that's another whole that's what you're expected to be there's um that is such a good point yeah 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 yeah. i've never thought of that me neither until someone named it one time in a workshop i'm like oh yeah (laughs) we're gonna write that one down yeah literally and that's what i mean girl 
girls are so switched on. Wow. Yeah. And even to just feel like that. To feel well. like that. Yeah, exactly. Oh my God. Yeah. And even just like around careers, feeling like, oh, we can't do like the hands on careers to sports, being like, oh, girls don't get recognition in sport and things are changing. But it's really interesting that they have the language and the awareness to be able to be like, cool, I'm going to give you everything we think right now. Um, yeah. So it's really cool that we can create those spaces and notice all these themes coming out. Oh my gosh. The yeah. girl jail sounds incredible. Yeah. How long is that for? How long is that activity yeah. or like that session? Well, yeah. it, I mean, again, it really just depends on how passionate the girls get. How long you want to be in the jail for? <laughs> how long you want to be in the jail for? Um, wow. Yeah, but it's probably, I don't know, it can vary from like half an hour to 45 minutes um, because what we like to do, and again, it just depends on when we have time, is give girls a space to share stories of times they felt trapped into the girl jail um, or they felt like they needed to be elements in the girl jail. And I think... Um, yeah, I think that's really powerful because it's really interesting because I'm in this time where I'm really digging deeper into what it means to be a feminist. Like I used to be very much, oh, I don't want it. I don't like that label. It seems like but why a... do we always think that? Right? Exactly, exactly. Feminist and... just doesn't come across in a positive. I don't know. Yeah, but I, I feel you. I, I totally felt that. I'm like, yeah. oh, I think it's just like this angry woman that just wants mm. justice. And it's really funny because. Yes. Yeah. Like literally like the rallies and all of them is amazing. And I think it's awesome. Of but course. I think I've always wanted to stay away from it. But it's mm. funny because and it's great because like part of my checking because I haven't seen you for like a week. <laughs> and I've just been really angry this last week. And I'm like, wow. wow, interesting. What is this? And I think I realized that, oh, I actually don't give myself permission to be angry because I feel like I need to be the really like friendly light person which is definitely an element of me but there's other parts of me that I haven't unleashed yet and I'm like oh it's actually healthy to get angry it's healthy to have spaces to talk about it and really bring that into conversations and yes 100% take responsibility for your triggers and it's also listening into the anger actually is again an access to figuring out like what what is going on that I need to speak about because there's something going on internally mm. that I need to like bring into like bring out into the open so um yeah so that's just like a side note of like no, but that's really interesting because anger is seen as such a negative but it is yeah. it's an emotion right you have to let it out you have to go with it yes exactly yeah yeah I found for me I actually punch a pillow yeah like I have a cushion in my sofa that I'll just punch out you're not <laughs> supposed to sleep on it though because oh. apparently then that's like the anger that makes sense in your mind yeah yeah and boxing as well I've got a neighbor that boxes I was like I'm just gonna start boxing with you that is so just good just to get it out get it out and just to scream as well like yeah if we started screaming in our apartment someone would think there's something wrong yeah but actually it's a way of getting out anger yeah 100 percent. and yeah i think i'm definitely still on that journey of unleashing i think i've just mm. been talking it out with my husband and he's just been oh, yeah, receiving exactly. all of it i'm like it's not about you but i'm just really angry and blah blah blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and i'm just like name all the things and he just holds a space to me which is great but i think um and coming back to the girl jail i think again one of the things girls always talk about it's like oh like it's like we're asked to be really kind and caring but if we're angry it's seen as like bossy or like yes, bitchy uh... and it's not welcomed and i'm like oh it's really interesting because again it's there's all these um complete spectrums in the girl jail and that's why girls feel confused and that's when we're like hey let's just get rid of the spectrum and you just do you like you do you boo like literally that's like our little saying that's going on at the moment but like literally yeah so 
Yeah. Wow. And also that will help with things like the self-harm and the eating because that's how it's suppressed sometimes. Yes. Yeah. You don't have a way out or an exit strategy. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Far out. Yeah. That's a very Aussie saying. <laughs> you said it really Aussie too. <gasps> Far out, darling. <laughs> so good. Oh my God. Yeah, it's wild. It's wow, so that is wild. Yeah, you blame. <laughs> I'm going to blow my nose. <laughs> it is winds over overhead, so yeah. it's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Oh my gosh, I suppose then, where for you, like, do you see Flourish Girl going? I know yeah. that's a bit of a extreme, no pressure question as yeah, well. Like, totally. do you have a vision that you want to yeah. continue? Yeah, or, for yeah. sure. Gosh, I love this question because it's like, there's so much that we want to do. Do you get but, asked all the time? Yeah, it, and it's a great, no, and it's a great question because I feel like it changes every time I answer it. And I think that's just, I think it's just what I'm getting. It's like, as we grow up and mature and evolve, like, also our vision will evolve. And I think it's just like, sharing where we're at and I think um you know we're really deep in strategy at the moment around like what's the next three five years um but I think yeah which is really great we've got some amazing powerhouse women that are really supporting us on that and um yeah I think for us it's really being able to be more accessible so right now we're based mainly in Victoria you know I think we definitely want to take this all across Australia you know have not only programs but resources that are available online for girls parents and teachers because they're like the core elements of yeah. a teenage girl's yeah life the teachers. the teachers as well yeah so definitely we want to yeah be running these programs have resources available all across Australia and also starting to really build pockets of communities so um, we have a community of incredible facilities at the moment in Melbourne, in Victoria. And what I see is communities of facilitators all across Australia, communities of parents coming together because I and mothers coming together um, and teachers coming together and all under like Flourish Girl community groups. And I think because what I was talking about the other day is there's mums group, like mums and bubs groups when, you know, babies are just born but are there mothers groups for teenage girls is there um, parent groups for teenage girls is there places that teachers can go to um, to talk specifically around girls mental health and well-being so that's something I have a bigger vision for and is there is well yeah no not that at the moment I mean I know there's teacher groups and I know that there's like associations and school bodies that Mm. teachers meet and um Again, like I don't know the content of when they meet, but I assume it's all around education. Um, But yeah, I really want to have to be able to create those safe spaces, flourish, be able to create those safe spaces. And, you know, like I've got bigger dreams to take this like outside of Australia and, you know, go to some of the big places like the UK or the US. You're in the UK. Yeah. (laughs) If you need any help with the UK, I will hook you up for sure. And New Zealand as well. I feel like there's a lot of New Zealand. Yeah, definitely. So like definitely see global expansion like down the track and something I'm really passionate about. And um, as you know, my background is Sri Lankan. um, So being able to take this work back to like my, you know, my roots, my cultural roots. And I think mental health and well-being is something that isn't really talked about a lot in the culture. Really? Yeah, it's not really a big thing. And I think it's really interesting because my cousin, like she's shared with me like her mental health journey but also noticing that she just really didn't have spaces to be able to talk about it so being able to work with like incredible women in the communities to be able to you know get empower them to run these programs and make it their own because again like we're not going to come in and just ignore the cultural diversity and what they can bring to the table as well. So I definitely would love to do stuff like that in developing countries because, um, yeah, they need it as much as we do as well. Isn't that crazy that you've come from a cultural background 
when is not spoken about before and you are just turning it, <laughs> flipping it yeah. around. Yeah, it's really crazy here when you say that. That's fucking brave. <laughs> yeah. Were you terrified at any point or did you just feel this is it, this is what I'm doing yeah. and going for it? Like, how did you start Flourish Girl? Yeah, <laughs> it's so interesting because like I, my my dad's always had a bit of an entrepreneurial spirit mm. um, and my parents have always been so open and supportive. And I think, yeah. you know, with a lot of Sri Lankan families, you grow up being told you're either a doctor or a lawyer and um you told well either either one really (laughs) it's like you literally gotta do one or the other and it's really interesting because i noticed my parents when i shared that i wanted to leave my career as a speech pathologist at first they were like wait what 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 are you doing (laughs) like you know i just was paving a new way like um it's not common like especially in a Sri Lankan household to leave a career that you've um, worked at university for, worked so hard on. But I think my dad and I, I think I talked to him about it actually recently. I'm like, oh, like you were so open to it. Like what led you to think that? And I think he, again, his entrepreneurial spirit, he's like, oh, I just saw like mental health and well-being. I think it was something that is going, it was a conversation that was going to be had. And I just think that was an opportunity for you there. And um, yeah, it's just really cool because my parents are really like they trust they really like yeah you just do you um and they were just gonna and when I first left my career they supported me financially to really like have like a bit of money coming in so I can just work on Flourish Girl and in those first years it's it's very fragmented and confusing and you're just trying to figure it out like an idea I had in 2016 probably like became a thing in 2018 where I'm like okay cool I'm gonna do Flourish Girl we're gonna work in schools but the first two years I was like no idea where to start and I think they've been so patient um yeah and yeah it's 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 a huge thing but um I'm grateful for my family and my friends that have really believed in it since the beginning so wow I think it's great that you've highlighted the first two years were fragmented oh man yes because some people like this overnight success oh my god and it just grew yeah I just became Beyonce overnight guys With my mics. Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh my God. Yeah. Did you just keep telling yourself, like, because from your background at school and feeling, Mm -hmm. you know, that you can express yourself in your voice, how did you then get the confidence to create Flourish Girl? Yeah, gosh. Were you your own Flourish Girl? Yeah. Oh, that's a good question. I like what you did there. Wow. Did I? Well, to be honest, I think those first two years when I was fragmented, I think I've just, like, because context as well. I uprooted my life from Sydney, moved to Melbourne as well. And um, I was at the beginning of really figuring out who I was as an individual. And, you know, my husband and I, like we, you know, we've been together for 11 years. So since we were like teenagers, literally, that we were together. And I was on a personal journey of really detaching from, oh, I'm more than Yo's girlfriend. Like Mm. I actually have an identity and like my faith is a big piece in that is, you know, God has given me a plan and a purpose that has my name on it and I need to actually step into that and own it. So I think the confidence piece really, yeah, I mean, it kind of comes back to my faith. I think um, I I know faith looks different for everyone. That could be connecting with nature. It could be connecting with your higher self. And for me, that's my relationship with Jesus. And I feel like I was able to build the confidence through spending that time and building that relationship. Um, And I think that allowed me to feel confident. And, you know, those days where I didn't feel confident, but that's when I need to, you know, cling on to my faith even more because all the things that are happening around me, like there's a bigger plan. And I think I needed to keep setting my eyes up rather than set my eyes on the situation. That's a really good point. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, It's to keep going. Keep going up, up. Yeah. yeah. And it's wild because like I've been, um, 
I pulled out my old journal. I don't know why. I just felt led to read my <gasps> old journal. Isn't that the best? It's the best feeling. I've not done that actually. I, that's the thing. I have so many journals yes. and I haven't read it. And I literally just picked up the one from last year. And the amount of times I wrote things like, because um, Yo and I, we were just airbnb because we moved from Melbourne because of COVID. We came back to Sydney mm. and we were airbnb staying at his parents' place. And I remember writing in my journal like, God, I can't wait. Um, I like pray for the day that I'm going to be so grateful. I'm grateful for what I have now, but I can't wait for when Yo and I have our own place and it's like near the beach and it's, you know, all these things. And it's so crazy looking in hindsight, being like, wow, the faith was always my fuel to keep going. Like even then that when I had no idea where I was going, there was always just like a sense of light and hope that I was like, it will get there. And it's so nice being on the other end of that problem and being like, oh, wow, like it actually <laughs> happened. Here we are in Bondi. Here we are in Bondi. Yeah. It's wild, yeah. And you almost forget, I find, that you've really worked towards those things because you've yeah. got it. I think that's another thing we have to learn to really appreciate it yes. every day. But like this time last year, I really wanted a home. Yeah, 100%, yeah. 100%. And, it, and it's interesting too, just tying with the confidence piece because the faith piece has definitely been my rock solid foundation. But there's been really tangible things like, obviously, because I moved to Melbourne and I was learning how to become a facilitator because I knew that facilitating would be a key part in Flourish Girl. So I got involved with a lot of like communities and programs and youth-led organizations where you kind of are invited and it's encouraged to just be yourself. Like I remember I was a bit like a closet Christian for so long. I'm like, I don't want to share people with my face. A closet Christian, literally, because I was like, man, there's so much heat and like, yeah. So I remember, I still remember it was, um, back when like you know hunter so they run um he runs the man cave which is the brother organization of flourish girl and he him and his best friend ran um like a youth uh facilitator community group um it was called future facilitators at the time and i remember i was in one of those circles and it was the first time i actually shared my faith and I was so nervous to share it, but I shared it. And it was so interesting because after I shared it, I probably had like two or three people came up to me afterwards and it really inspired them in their own way. Like, Mm -hmm. and I think that's the moment I realized I'm like, oh, wow, I really just need to be myself. And I think that's where the confidence has come. It's been doing all these programs, courses, going through experiences, intertwining my faith that has led me to being more confident. And, you know, I'm still on a journey. Like there's so many things that I still need to own and be more confident in. But I think that is what confidence is when you can own the bits Mm. that you aren't confident in and just embrace that and enjoy the journey of that. Yeah. And then you will flourish. And then you will flourish, girl. (laughs) (laughs) So good. Thank you so much for joining today. Oh my gosh, thank you for having me. Pleasure. It's been an absolute pleasure to have me today. So um, where can we find you? Yeah. On socials, now that we've just spoke about social media, but where, <laughs> where can we find Mandy? And, yeah, how's the best way to reach out to you? Yeah, well, um, so Flourish Girl, you can head on over to our Instagram. So that is at Flourish Girl underscore. And uh, we're on Facebook and LinkedIn as well. So you just look us up, Flourish Girl. Um, me personally, you can find me on LinkedIn. I'm really bad at being up to date with yeah, LinkedIn. We need to work on that. Though. I know, I know, I know. We don't I need to do that. We need to do a session. LinkedIn is definitely one. Um, That's interesting you're now on LinkedIn. Yeah, I've been on it, but I just haven't been very consistent mm. on it. So, yeah, but that's Mandy Dante. But I'm probably more active on my Instagram. So that's at Mandy Dante, D-A-N-T-E underscore. And you probably find me here. And, yeah, and then we've also just launched our Flourish Girl podcast too. So that's super new and fresh, but that will also be on our socials and Spotify and you can find it all on there. So, yeah, we talk about so awesome stuff. But, yeah, that's Oh, me. my gosh. Thank you so much for today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> 
So thank you guys for listening to today's conversation with Mandy and I. I hope you all thoroughly enjoyed it as much as I did with catching up with Mandy and hearing her story from scratch. If anyone wants to hear any more information or speak to Mandy, I have attached her socials and her website in the notes below and also if anyone wants to slide into my dms i have put my socials on there as well but for now guys um stay tuned for next week and take care of yourselves sending you lots of love please do bear in mind guys that these episodes may be triggering for some people i also find some of the conversations quite triggering for myself So I highly recommend that any of the conversations that have been had, please do reach out to a medical expert. If you are unsure of the best people to reach out to and you feel in a place where you would like to, please do drop me a message, slide into my DMs, and we can put you in touch with someone to speak to.